Um, we're going to go ahead and um, dive into our series. Um, we have been, <coughs> you know what, I'm going to need my water. Hold on. Um, we have been in the middle, <coughs> we've been in the middle of a series where we've been really looking at the creativity of God and the creativity that is at place within us. And we've been experimenting with some different ways that we can connect with God through creativity. One of the analogies that I brought up the first week we were in this was sometimes we learn to connect with God in certain ways and they work really well for us. And we're like, oh, me and God, it's like a one-way or two-way street and we're just talking and chilling and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, as we grow, Sometimes what happens is we outgrow those new, those old ways and those old ways of connecting with God, and we need new ways to connect with God. I use the illustration that sometimes we are a pot that outgrows the old understandings of how to connect with God, and we need to be ripped up and put into a new pot with new soil that has new understandings of how to do this. And that process can sometimes be really uncomfortable. I know for me, there have been seasons of my life where I felt like, I know how to do this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it's not working anymore. And trying to learn something new is really, really hard. But we're going to try to figure that out through the lens of creativity, through the avenues of the creative um, imagination that God has put in us, and learn some potential new ways to be rooted in creativity in order to connect with God. Two weeks ago, we explored connecting with God through art, and last week we connected, uh, we explored the idea of connecting with God through words, and Stephanie and Giorgio shared with us their process of connecting with God through words. Um, one of the things that they talked about that stood out to me so strongly was this concept of God giving us language to name the animals, right? There was a part that they just named that when we, um, that, ta that we take all the words that we consume and all the stuff that gets thrown at us, and then when we put it down on paper, it's this creative act of naming our thoughts, naming our feelings, naming our experiences, and it's similar to how at the beginning of creation, God says, all right, Adam, all right, Eve, name the animals, name these things. And we are invited to then participate in this creative practice of naming and writing as a way to connect with God. Now this week, we're actually going to look at the creative practice of music and how music can help us connect with God. The importance and value of music is like all throughout scripture. It's used to glorify God, to worship God. It's used to sort of tell of God's great deeds. It's an outlet for both lament and praise. It teaches people about theology, about truths about God, and it's used to unite the people of God. In scripture, there are songs of praise, there are songs of victory, there are songs of rejoicing, and there are songs of mourning. In fact, the word sing itself is used over 400 times throughout scripture. And 50 of those times, sing is not a, um, it, it, it's a command. It's like, do it, do it now, sing, 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 right? It's a command. Human music making participates in the music of creation. It reflects the order and beauty of all of creation. Music pierces through the deep parts of our soul and it assists, assists us in our expression and response to God and to each other. Now, sometimes 
We have to watch somebody love something in order to learn how to also love it. And so I've asked somebody to come up and share with us who also loves music. So I'm going to have James come on up, and he's going to help us out today. Can you welcome James? All right. Check. One, two. <laughs> Hello. James knows all about the mics. <laughs> all right. James, as we get started in yes. here, I want you to share a little bit about yourself. I am not a great orator. I'm not good at this. I will stumble. I will have my notes. And we'll work through this. We actually had a good conversation about this topic recently. And I didn't <laughs> want to lose the parts of the conversation that were meaningful. So I took notes. So if you see me do this. You're not checking your text messages? No. <laughs> it's still authentic. It's still real. I just want to make sure I stay with the things that are important, because I can get sidetracked for sure. Um, my name is James, or James Moss. That felt like a Bond moment. Or Mr. James. James Bond. <laughs> Wait, I do a very good Sean Connery impersonation. Oh my gosh, James. I'm still waiting to be impressed. All right, that's it. Okay, sorry. So James, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, James, my name is James. I'm a member of Clarksburg Church. I've been here for almost two years in April. Um, my lovely wife, Claire, is before you. Claire, if you'd like to stand up, maybe you wouldn't. Yes, yes, no, oh, yes. Oh, you've just humiliated her. That's right. Love you. And uh, I am, I'm sure you guys have seen my other six twins all over the the congregation doing all the other things because I can only do one thing and that is be a pseudo adult so yeah I love yeah. music too I and what do you worship. what do you do during the day uh, I'm an electrician by trade union electrician uh, so if you, you need an electrician don't call me <laughs> but I'll find somebody for you so good Man, we're killing it so far. That's really good. I put my phone so away, so this is what happens. You volunteer in the music stuff with the tech team and yes. with students. Yes. You do all of those things, which yes. is awesome. Okay, so tell me about music. How were you first introduced to music? Okay, so my dad is the youth pastor, now associate pastor at the church that I grew up in. And when I was thinking about this question, I tried to think back to the first time that I remember experiencing music. And as a child, every car ride, if it was five minutes, if it was five hours, there was always music playing. Even if we were talking, there was always music playing. I can remember as a child learning so many lyrics that I probably shouldn't have learned. But <laughs> my dad just played music all the time. And I was told, I don't remember this, but I was told that my parents kind of fought over whether I'd be a piano player or a drummer. My dad's a singer, my mom was a concert pianist and also like the music director at our church. So they bought me, as a five-year-old, my own piano and my own drum set. And they were just basically like, have at it. Yeah, and you, and you did well because by the time you were 10, what happened? So as a 10-year-old, my dad, we're gonna give him props because this was wild, thing to do. As a 10-year-old, my dad spoke with the pastor of our church, and he said, I'd like my son to start learning how to play in church. And I don't know if you guys know, if you've ever been to a charismatic church, I went to a Pentecostal church. You got to be nice, nice to play at that church. 
So what he did was he spoke with the pastor and asked him if he could sit a chair behind the drummer. And then while the drummer played, I was just back there like looking around, watching what he was doing. And oftentimes he would talk to me. He would give me cues. He would, he would be playing and he would say, all right, the pastor's going to get loud and I need to get everyone else loud too. And I'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then he would say things like, all right, I'm going to bring the music down. And it was one step after another step. And over the course of a couple years, I learned what it meant to guide a worship service, to guide a Sunday morning. And as like a 13-year-old, they were like, you got it. Get out there. So I've been playing uh, in church as a drummer by trade. I learned the other things for fun. But if I had to choose, I would call myself a drummer. Yeah. yeah. And so you really learn <clears throat> the power of music to set an environment, to move the people in the yes. room, to create all the feels. Yes. I feel like we're really far away from each other. I mean, we can do this. That's good. That's, that's better. That's yeah. good. Okay. So you learn how to use music in order to create the feels, to move the environment, um, and, and to do all those things. And one of the things that I, it was interesting that you said when we talked was like, I learned that as long as I didn't mess up and I checked all of the boxes, people would like it and it could be powerful. Yes. Yes. Yep. So again, playing at a charismatic church, playing at a Pentecostal church, everyone's really good at what they do. And this is an aside. I don't know if we talked about this, but I'm going to say it. Uh-oh. So there would be a music director directing the music, right? Choir's going, keyboard, piano, drums, bass. I see it now. Right. So she's directing. Cues, cues, cues. If someone's messing up, they try to be as subtle as possible, but it's one of these numbers. <laughs> and Get that's out. real. That's real. There's somebody waiting to replace you. There's somebody there who knows how to play the drums, the keys, whatever. So not only is it worship, but it's like, give your absolute best and we'll make sure that it happens. Yeah. So I grew up in that atmosphere. I grew up in like, when you're up here, be very good at it. And if you're very good at it, the spirit will drop. So now, one of the things we talked about was that that was, that was a great experience in developing you as a little kid but and as a teenager, but then it sort of created this system where you understood how powerful music could be, but it was sort of like music became the hallway that you could walk through to enter into the throne room of God, but sometimes it felt like the, the, the hallway where the music was was so cool that you could just camp out there. Yes. And you would never enter into the throne room of God. You'd just yes. be like, look at these cool paintings and look at this artwork. And we don't have to go into the throne room of God because the music yes. was good enough. It felt sometimes like it became good enough. And, um, and you would get stuck in the corridor without actually walking into the throne room. Um, can you share a little bit about those those barriers mm -hmm. that came up for you that kept you in the music is powerful and cool and not actually get you into the throne room of God. Yes. So, again, playing in these churches, because the, the goal is be as good as you can so that you're out of the way. Y'all hear that, right? I'm not drunk? Okay. Do, do, can we get one of these on? because I'm scared I'm just going to keep doing that, and it's distracting, and I'm OCD. Yeah, that one's on. There you go. Yes, okay. 
everyone look away for a second. Bless you, sir. All right, so being very good was a prerequisite. What ended up happening, probably because I am who I am, I got so focused on being good that I lost sight of the moving through the pathway into worship. So what that meant for me, and oftentimes for people I played with was, you could show up and be very good at it, and everyone else is there, and you're just doing your thing. You're not worshiping, you're not invested, you could be in the worst mood ever, you could be dealing with the worst thing, and as long as you're not making mistakes up here, people could get there, which sounds like you know a wash, like it's okay if everybody else gets there, but the goal is not to just point people in the direction, it's to lead people in that direction. We should all be getting there at the same time. So oftentimes, I didn't have to have my mind right, I didn't have to be prayed up, I didn't have to care about what was going on around me, just don't mess up. The other thing that that led me to was listening to people critically. So it became hard to be in the stands, it became hard to not be up here. Because then when I'm out there, I'm thinking, did they do it right? Did they do it wrong? If they were doing it wrong, I couldn't focus. I couldn't get into the spirit, I couldn't focus on God. If they were doing it right and killing it, then I'm focused on the fact that they're killing it. And I like just couldn't, couldn't think about the purpose of getting through this hallway is to meet God. So I, that's the thing that kind of got me hung up for a while as like a new person, a new worshiper, as someone who is a new leader. Yeah. And one of the things you also talked about was that that led you to a place where um, you were just like, it doesn't matter about my heart. It's just how good am I? Um, and an inability to sort of allow somebody else to play. You were in the stands just kind of watching them, judging yes. them. Oh, that's not good enough. But you also said that uh, you talked about like big meals versus snack size worship. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about like the barrier of, hey, if it's not big, that yeah. became a problem? Yeah, that was another thing. It was... Um, so when, when you do it right, or I'm saying do it right, but I mean quotes, like when you're doing it right and you feel the presence of God hit and you surrender and things are moving and things are happening, I got so fixated on that, on like, this is what real worship looks like. This is what real sur surrender looks like. And the fixation became, I need this every time. You need big, loud need worship, big, big production. I need a retreat. I need a revival. I need people strewn out on the floor, crying, speaking in tongues, if you're okay with that. <laughs> uh, just, I needed the big show because that's, I'm sure you guys have felt at some point the Holy Spirit hit and you're like, ooh, this is a great feeling. Sit in it, mm -hmm. stay here. But the Bible says that worship is supposed to be without ceasing. And so for me, I didn't understand that like if I didn't feel the presence of God sitting on me, that I could still be in worship. I could still enter into worship and I could still worship through that feeling. And I, I wanna talk about my band. So we have a band, the name's Breakfast, period, on all social platforms. We exist, we haven't made music in a while, but we still exist and the music's there. And we met in college playing worship music together. And we fell into the trap of being 
talented. So we had this set that we called the Breakfast Banger Set, where we would go to different worship retreats, we would go to different churches, and we would play these five songs because we knew we play these five songs and we do them the way they're supposed to be done. Spirit of God, like immediately, Spirit of God, which sounds, again, wash, it's okay. This is what we wanted. But that meant we showed up oftentimes, no practice, no prayer, no togetherness. We would get up there, the spirit would drop, and we would be looking around like, all right, it's here. God did it regardless of how your hearts were. Regardless yeah. of how we felt about it, how our hearts were. And there would be times, like, to completely counterbalance that, there would be times where we thought we would get up here, we would make tons of mistakes, like tons of musical mistakes, and we would get up from the set, go sit off in the corner, and we'd be talking about all the issues that happened, everything that we did wrong. And we would talk to people out in the crowd later, and they would say, you guys did an amazing job. Like the spirit fell, it, thank you so much for leading the worship. And we would be focused on the fact that we played the wrong note, we sped the song up, we weren't in time, and all these things, as opposed to understanding, like, again, the goal is to go before the throne together. So it was like, yay, God, you're so gracious that you, like, used us even though we're messed up, even though we're imperfect, even though we didn't practice, even though yes. we weren't in prayer. And that's, yay, God, that's mm -hmm. awesome. But what you and the band missed out on was the opportunity to dwell in the presence of yes. God. Yeah. Relying on in spite of is a bad idea. Yeah. Good, good, good. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit in a, in one of the analogies that you used to describe that was that you jumped from big meal to big meal, one big retreat to one big retreat, that you lost the ability to sort of have these snack-sized worship moments in your daily life. Yes. And we're going to talk in a second about some ideas of how all of us, whether we're musicians or not, can engage in sort of snack-sized connections with God through the use of music. But first, I want to talk about when did the switch happen? Like, when did it happen where music was just about how can I do this banger set? How can I make sure that all the people are great? And it became about, like, no, I've got to check my posture. I want to be in the presence of God. Like, when did that switch? And it wasn't just about the music. It was about something so much more. You were like, i got to bust out of this hallway. I want to be in the throne room of God. Yes. So in college... There's an organization, so I went to Salisbury University, and there's an organization that was the second largest organization there called Crew. Do we all know what Crew is? Campus Crusade for Christ? It's a college organization for Christians. It's like college youth group. Pretty much. It's like Wednesday night youth group, except it happened on Thursdays, and it's a bunch of adults. And people are dating, but I think that's the same. That too. Also, if, if you're in college or headed to college, children, don't date in college. Just don't do it. Don't just just don't date in college. It's a bad idea. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so I get to crew. I'm a drummer. <coughs> Wait, did you date in college? Don't listen. <laughs> I love my wife. And yes, we met in college. But we, okay, so, so, okay, let me clarify. Let me clarify. <laughs> me too. Before me too. I met my wife, <laughs> mistakes were made. A lot of lessons were learned. And b between me and my wife, I had gotten to the point where I was like, all right, Paulinian testimony, it's me and God forever. No more girls, no more women. <laughs> it's over. It's over. And that was when I met my wife. Thank you, Lord. 
Okay, so, all right, we'll right, keep right, going, right. we'll okay, keep so, going. So in college, so, you're a part of crew. I'm a part this of crew. This is where it becomes right. not just about music, but about something more. All right, so go ahead. So I show up, I'm enjoying crew, but again, I still have the feeling of, I don't know what to do out there. <laughs> like, I don't know how to be in the, what do you call these, pews? Seats. I mean, rows. these are seats. Yes. I didn't know how to do that. So as fast as I could, I was like, okay, I'm going to sneak in, tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, I play drums. I don't you know, but I'm pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> and I got in. So I start playing with them. I start worshiping with them. And there is a vast difference between playing gospel music and playing CCM, which stands for Contemporary Christian Music. I learned how to transition from a gospel drummer to a CCM drummer, which means a whole lot's happening, not a lot's happening. <laughs> Listen, I like CCM. I, actually, I like CCM. I like that it creates space, which is what I learned, space. And in that space, in learning that it wasn't about me playing the best that I could play, it was about understanding what the spirit is doing, understanding what the music is doing, and being a part of the transition from we're here to we're in the presence of God. I learned that in college, and that was a huge step for me. It changed everything about me as a drummer. I feel like I am less good now, but <laughs> I am a better worshiper now. Amen. That's something, that's actually really beautiful. There's something really beautiful about that. That was off the cuff. Okay. There was no notes on that Keep one. Keep going. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's new. That's, that's new, guys. That's new. That's Holy good. Holy Spirit. Yep. So, yeah, so truly, in college, what I learned was that everyone up here musically uh, with a worship mentality is the purpose is to get out of the way. The purpose is as best you can get out of the way and usher people into the throne room. And so for me, it was very hard at first to not want to do all the stuff, to not want to show people that I'm a good drummer. But the thing that I learned was I only have to be willing and present and able to surrender. And then everything that I practiced before, everything that I played before, all of that was then being led and guided by the Spirit, which was a totally different thing. It was a transformation. Um, I just remember thinking, oh, this is what it should have been like the whole time. Like, this is what it should have felt like the whole time. So I just enjoyed and learned in college what I now know to be the right way to worship, like the the way to correctly surrender in music. Okay, so you shared a story with me about this particular song where the lyric was, um, let all the other names fade away. Yes, so my wife knows about, about this song. Tell us about like what that experience was. So there's a song called, let all the other names fade away. There's probably three lines, that's one of them. And in college, we did this song and the spirit dropped. It was like, all right. Whole room's hot now. Everybody's feeling this. And the, the guy that was leading the song, his name is Henry, phenomenal worship leader, said, sit in this. And he just kept doing this as we were singing, which means we're doing it again. And he kept going. And he kept going. And there was, there was half of me that was the super technical musician that was like, all right, man, we got we to gotta transition at some point to the next part. But then there was the other part of me that had just learned this is what we wanted. Like, this was the goal, for the spirit to be here and for people's lives to be changed. So I sat in it, and I did what I felt the Lord leading me to do, 
and we sang that one line for like an hour and 15 minutes. Mm. The message was supposed to happen afterwards. The guy who was supposed to speak looked up at us and just went like this. He said, is there anything I can say that's going to take us to where we wanted to go because we're already here? Mm. And we sang this one line for like an hour and 15 minutes. And I remember I felt this before and I remember in that moment trying to think of a way to describe what this feels like. Because an hour and 15 minutes sounds like a long time to sing one line. But the, I guess the best way that I can describe it is timeless worship. And I don't mean timeless as in like, this rug's gonna last from 2015 to like 2035. I mean timeless as in it felt like time didn't happen mm. while we were worshiping. And I imagine when they speak of worship in heaven, lasting forever, that's what it is. And it's an amazing feeling to really feel the spirit of the Lord in the room, on you, and not recognize time. Not feel like we've been here for a while. Not feel your body's tired, that you're hungry, that your legs hurt. Like waking up the next morning and feeling like that was three hours of worship and I would do it again. It was an amazing feeling. Yeah. So one of the things that when you mentioned that remind, <clears throat> when you mentioned timeless worship, one of the things that that remind me of, reminded me of, was what's going on down in Asbury University right now. Does anybody know about this? Okay, some of you. So I'm going to tell the others of you. Um, so basically, Asbury University, um, they had chapel a week and a half ago. It was a Wednesday, and they had chapel like they do every Wednesday. And for whatever reason, the students that were there just got caught up in worship. And they didn't want to leave, and it was like chapel time was supposed to be over, but they were like, no, we need to stay in the presence of this. Like God was doing something in that chapel room. And they have not stopped worshiping for, how many days has it been? 12 days, a week and a half. Mm -hmm. So since two Wednesdays ago, um, they have not stopped worshiping 24-7, day and night. They are worshiping through the nighttime, 3 a.m. They're singing songs like it is just alive and it's hot down there. And people are saying, this is revival, like this is happening. Now, when I first heard about this, which was like the Friday after, so just 48 hours in, um, I was like, yeah, somebody set that up. That's like, they're trying to go viral. Like, that's a, a, a marketing campaign to try to get more students to come to Asbury, this whole thing. But as it has continued longer and longer and longer, and the worship has not stopped, there's sort of this peculiarity, this, this wondering, is this timeless worship, right? So like, classes have gotten canceled and kids are leaving to like, I gotta, I'm gotta, i gonna go eat and I'm gonna go sleep, but now I'm re-entering back in and it's this incredible thing. I'm getting um, amped, sorry. Getting I'm getting amped talking about, about it. <laughs> this is um, exciting. And, and, uh, and I had some uh, pastor friends of mine um, that I trust that have gone down there and sort of seen like, okay, let me report to you what is actually happening. And they're like, it's legit. Like, like God's actually doing something in this space. And one of the things um, that one of my friends said, uh, well, there's two things that one of my friends said. One of them was, he was like, um, he was like, one of the things that's happening is that the, the students at Asbury University are so sick and tired of celebrity cult culture that they are like, we don't want any name people 
Like, they're protecting the stage from any, like, Chris Tomlin from coming in and, let me lead worship here. No, 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 it's not about that. The, what they've done is they've sort of set up what they call this team called the worship stewards, and they're like, you cannot say what our names are anywhere because we don't want any publicity about this. Um, and they sort of just say, like, oh, you're a singer. Uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit is sort of highlighting these different musicians who can come, and they're like, you're a singer, and you're a drummer, and you're a piano player. You've never played together, but come on back. We're going to pray for the Spirit to be on you, and then they pray over these people for like an hour until like the Spirit sort of has activated them, and then they go on stage without practice, right? Without practice, without anything, because it's not about performance. It's just like, hey, can we come and step into this? And the other thing that he said was the way they're talking about it is not God is ministering to us. They're talking about we come to this place to minister to Jesus, right? Which is the total shift of how we talk about these things. It's like, it's like how, how do I, like, and I even tried when we were worshiping uh, at the beginning of service, I even tried to imagine how does that change my posture where it's not about like, God, fix all my problems. God, can you just make me feel good? Like, God, you're so good, so reveal yourself to me. It was like, how do I imagine Jesus like sitting in this space and me like coming to him and saying, you're so good. Like, let me serve you. Like, let me cook up your be the best meal that I can offer, and I'm going to minister to you in this space, and I'm going to tend to your wounds. Like, not tend to my wounds, but like, Jesus, I'm going to tend to your wounds. Like, how do we enter into this space to minister to Jesus? So there's something, like, really cool happening Sorry. in that place, and I, I don't, I'm, I've got my eyes on it. Like, I'm, like, paying attention to what's going on, but, but there seems to be, and this worship experience seems to be breaking out in other places across the country at different universities. And so um, who knows, like, I know there's, like, again, there's the skeptic thing of, like, copycats, like, they're trying to, right? But I'm trying to, like, remain open to the spirit and be like, God, give me wisdom, right? But there's something happening in this space that when the spirit is activated, it's not just, that was great, man, I felt it, right? It's something it's something more than that. I don't know if... Also, so if you, if you guys... If anybody wants to go, because I want to go. <laughs> James is ready to hop in the car and I'm drive down there. I'm right now. I'm sorry. I'm really excited. <laughs> Just the, con the idea and the concept when you said ministering to God is just... Mm, just a good, good thought. It's a good feeling. It's something that I don't think we as Christians, we as people really think we can do. Mm. I don't think we see it as, I have something to, don't cry. I have something to give back to God because he's given me something. And so now he's asking me to give back to him, which he's God. He doesn't need anything from me, mm -hmm. but he wants me to give back to him. And it's such a small thing to just worship, to just do what we're created to do and give back to God. Go. Okay. <sighs> so with that being said, thank you, James. Yep. Thank you for sharing your heart. Um, so I, I love... 
I love so much about this conversation because I think it hits on some of the places where we all get stuck, where we all get stuck in sort of this um, music being the end and of itself of like, if the musicians were good, then I felt the spirit, but actually the spirit being so much more than that. It's so much bigger than that. Um, and that we as worshipers, both as worship leaders and worshipers, we have this opportunity to bust through that hallway and into the throne room of God that music kind of leads us to. Um, and so James, uh, I asked James to, to, um, his final sort of thing to share was sort of, um, what are some snack-sized ways that we, as non-musical people, I mean, maybe some of you are musical, um, but as non-musical people can, can connect with God using music? What are some of the things we can do every day where we don't have to have a band and you don't have to be in this room or in this place, but what are ways that we can connect with God using worship, music, using worship, uh, music? So using music specifically as Someone who may not be an instrumentalist, who might not be a vocalist, but still understands how to move and how to approach God through music. Uh, one of the ways that was beneficial for me, there's an album, it's an older album by Bethel, it's called Synesthesia, which is, I believe the term is when you can like see, like see sounds which is a crazy thing, and hear colors. It's wild. But it's where your senses get messed up. They're crossed because you've tapped into something different. And the album's called Synesthesia by Bethel, and it is their music with, I believe, a handful of other like notable songs with no lyrics. It's just the music playing. And it's a wonderful album. The music's amazing. But what it allowed me to do was to listen to songs that have been beneficial in my walk with God and talk through those songs. Talk through, like you know what the lyrics are, so you can figure out where you are in the song without necessarily being stuck just listening to somebody else say something. And being able to put on that album, play it in the car driving somewhere, and hear, uh, there's a song called Ever Be, where the chorus is like, your praise will ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips. It's easy to get stuck in just singing that when someone else is singing that. It is a new experience when you know that's what the song is and you don't hear the words, so your thoughts can be inserted in what's happening. So that's one thing. Just so you're kind of like letting the music wash over you. Yes. Letting, allow, letting that, allowing that to kind of help create a framework, but then not limit you, yes. keep going, express it to God, yes. talk to God in that. Another okay. thing is if there are songs that are very, very, if there are songs and lyrics, specifically lyrics, that you're like, man, this is my like top worship song. This is the song when I really want to tap in and I want to spend time before God or I'm really going through it, this is the song I put on. I would say, take the lyrics, all, some, or one, write it in a journal, and then work through that lyric. Mm -hmm. Work through those lyrics when there's no music there. So there isn't anything pushing you. We all know that music can get you somewhere. Yeah. It's why, you know, regardless of language, regardless of 
the barriers that are there, if there's a certain music playing, we know how to connect as people, and I believe that's a God thing. But I, I want people to, to understand that, like, lyrically as well, it is important to be able to understand what you're singing because somebody else came up with these words, but if it touches your spirit and it's something that maybe you didn't write, but it resonates, there's a reason it resonates. And it's not just the words that you're reading. It's not just the words that you're singing. So take those lyrics, all, some, or one, and sift through them. Sit on them, take time to figure out why do you think this song is the one that is really resting on your heart? Why is it that this, these words are the ones that take you before the throne? Because then you'll be able to understand it better with other songs. You'll be able to understand it better when you're singing that song again. Ooh, man, it's, it's a new feeling when you can understand how to get yourself before God. That's a new thing. Yeah. And the last one that you had wasn't just about music, but it was about connecting a community practice of gathering with other worshipers yes. that may not necessarily involve music, but talk a little bit about that. So pretty much like everything else, when you want to be good at something, you do research, you start looking for other people who are good at it, and you try to surround yourself with those people. And it's the same with things of God. If you want to be better at worshiping, if you want to be better at entering into God's presence, surround yourself with people who are good at it. Surround yourself with people who have taken the time to figure out how to get themselves there. And uh, I want to highlight a couple that is amazing at this. And trust me, if you speak to them, you'll see it in the conversation and you could be talking about bagels. Uh, Keith and Georgianne do a phenomenal, about to cry again? <laughs> All right. Keith and George Ann. So the two <laughs> stay in the dark. Yep, so they stay up. <laughs> I like you, sir. And your wife's cool, too. Uh, talking to them is great because you can tell that God is in every single conversation. George Ann is a phenomenal prayer warrior. And you'll know it in the conversations you have with her. Keith is just amazing when it comes to being able to see where you are and meet you there. Mm. And it's just been wonderful to acknowledge them, to know them as friends, to know them as family. And uh, they're a great example of what it looks like to have people and know people in your life who are like direct line, like, I like God. I love God. Sometimes it feels hard to feel God. Sometimes it feels hard to encounter God. So it's always good, and it's always made me feel good to know that I have people that feel like they have a direct, like direct line to God. When they want to get to him, when they want to reach him, when they want to be reached by him, it's like that. So I encourage people to like have that in their lives. Mm -hmm. See what it looks like to have someone who is daily walking. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a different thing to watch somebody daily walk. And just like everything else that you want to be good at, having those people around you helps you to be better at it. Osmosis, YouTube, something. Well, when you watch somebody love something. Yes. It inspires you and gives you ways to love it, too. Yes. Yeah. I've cried twice. All right. 
Uh, we're going to do a little experiment and activity where we all get to join in this idea of using music to connect with God. And James and Alicia are going to teach us um, how to do that, and they're going to take us on this journey. But uh, James, any last thoughts that you have that you didn't get to say yet, you feel like are really important, you want us to hear? Just that something we talked about, we had a little band worship night jam session where the goal was for us to become tighter as a group, not just like musically, but just to get better at understanding each other. And one of the things that was brought up was, what is the difference between praise and worship? Because oftentimes they're used interchangeably. And I just wanted to share with you guys what I think the difference is. I think praise is thanking God for what he's done. It is acknowledging when he's lifted you up, acknowledging when he's provided for you, acknowledging when he's blessed your day, when he's pulled you out of something. I think worship is a twofold thing that happens simultaneously. It is you acknowledging God for who he is. And when that happens, when you're truly surrendered into believing and understanding who God is, you begin to see what God sees you like, like how God sees you. And so I think part of the reason why I love worship so much is because when I'm connected, when I'm fully surrendered to God, I get to see how God sees me. And I think it's really important, really important for us as Christians to be able to look at God and see how he sees us. As Christians, we are the representation. We are the ambassadors. So it is important, it is imperative that we understand how God sees us so that we can present ourselves that way to other people. We have something, we have something that is a blessing from God that we are required to give to other people, to share to other people. And if we don't see ourselves the way God sees us, it limits the, the feeling of, I have something to give. If you, don't, if you feel worthless, you don't think you have something to give. You think, thank God I'm here. Thank God you saved me. Let's get to heaven. After you've received what God has given you, the next call hmm. is to give it to someone else. So worship allows us to see what God sees in us to give to other people. All right. All right. So we're going to go ahead with that. Thank you so much, James. Yeah. Can you guys thank James for sharing? All right. I'm going to invite the band who's helping out with our um, little experience and activity that we're going to be doing. Um, I'm going to invite you guys to come on up. And they're going to explain how this is going to work um, and what it is that we're going to do. But I'm just going to uh, pray over us as we begin this so that um, we can be a people. Uh, that there were a lot of different analogies that were used as we talked about what worship is and 
gosh, what is going on? About how God can connect, how we can connect with God. And so I'm going to invite us during this time, and I'm going to pray that we would be people who are not content um, standing in the hallway and the corridor of God's throne room, who are just like, yeah, that music feels good, but that we would actually be people who bust down the doors, that we would be people who enter into the throne room of God in order to worship him so that we can minister to God so that he can reflect to us how he sees us and who we are. So I'm going to invite you to stand with us um, as we do this. Let's pray. Father God, we are people who long to experience you, to connect with you, because it is you that brings us life, because it is you through your death and resurrection is calling to us, asking us to come into this throne room so that you might once again pour out your love and your life and your healing and your joy upon us. And so, Father God, would you just be in this space? Would you remove all of the distractions so that we can gather together and experience you? All right, so I like to call this um, vertical praise or vertical worship because it's supposed to be completely personal between you and God. Um, not opposed to horizontal where it's about who's singing next to you, who's singing louder, am I on pitch, am I saying the right words and all the things. This is your moment, your moment to surrender all things, connect to God, feel him, Give him what he has created you to do. The words are super simple. You're simply saying, I love you forever. Now, the words are simple, but um, I feel like it has a lot of depth to it. Because to me, it's not, I love you, Lord, period. It's, I love you, Lord, because. I love you, Lord, despite. I love you, Lord, although. So whatever that ending um, statement might be, I just, I want to take some time for you to think about that. It could be, I love you, Lord, because you've done this. I love you, Lord, because of who you are. Whatever, whatever you need to, um, whatever you need to put in your mind so that you can connect to these words, I love you, Lord. I'll go ahead and share mine. Um, I have a lot of different things going on um, from two little ones under two years old. My husband and I are selling and moving and, and all the things. And so I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety. But I love you, Lord. I love you, although I struggle in the mornings. I love you. you through my anxiety I love you through my stress because I know all those things if I just lay at the altar you fix those things you handle those things now of course I love God for more than what he does for me but for right now that's 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 where I am so I'm gonna give you some time to figure out where you are with your I love you Lord 
and then we're going to have a vertical praise experience. So go ahead and think about this. forever I'll praise you I'll praise you I'll praise you sing I'll praise you I'll praise you forever I'll praise you forever I'll lift my hands and I'll give you all the praise you love him as if he's right in front of you just sing out to him I love you God I love you
some of you guys may feel this. I need you forever. I need you. the voices I love you I love you forever I love you forever Lord sing I love you get the music back and let's just think about how we love God one more time just meditate and sit in that if you want to continue singing continue singing if you just want to pray about it wherever you are at this moment not bar us from your presence, but you gladly welcome us in. In fact, like you are excited for us to be with you. So Father God, would you just continue to draw us in to your presence? 
might we understand more fully who you are and who we are because of it. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to learn to connect with you and to learn to love you in a new way. And we pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Guys, I am praying for you as you go from this place that you would continue to find new ways to connect with our Father who loves us, loves us dearly. Um, next week, we're going to be gathered together again, and we're going to start our Lenten series. We're going to be going through the Gospel of Mark. And so my invitation to you is to begin to read the Gospel of Mark over these next 40 days as we journey together towards Easter. Would you go in the name of the Lord? Amen. <laughs>